Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap on a Tuesday evening. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to the MoneyWeb team as well. 28 minutes to 7 o'clock it is uh, here on South Africa's news and information leader. And coming up on this evening's show, we'll hear from Mamelodi Sundowns ahead of their CAF Champions League semi-final. We'll also look ahead to the uh, CSA awards that take place, the Cricket South Africa awards that take place tonight. And we'll catch up with one of the Olympians heading to Rio for Team South Africa, uh, one of our mountain bikers on the show this evening. But let's start with cricket news. And Cricket South Africa has approved in principle the decision to introduce targets for all national teams. That means uh, a quota system would be introduced in the pro tiers with CSA yet to determine the exact amount of players of colour required. CSA President Chris Nenzani says they'll aim to achieve the targets over the course of a year and not on a match-by-match basis. The exact targets will be announced in due course. The system implemented in domestic cricket last season stipulated that all franchise teams field a minimum of six players of colour in their starting 11, while three players were required to be black African. In other cricket news, Nathan Lyon claimed 3 for 12 as Australia dismissed Sri Lanka for 117 in their first innings before reaching 66 for 2 at Stumps on day 1 of their first test in Palakele. Steve Smith retained the number 1 test ranking in the batting ahead of Joe Root today as well. Kane Williamson came up next followed by Hashim Amla and A.B. de Villiers on the bowling front. Indian off-spinner Ravi Chandran Ashwin moved to the top of the ICC test bowling rankings. Dale Stain sitting in 4th. On to football, Mamelodi Sundowns on the brink of qualifying for that CAF Champions League semi-final. They take on Zamalek tomorrow night. We'll chat, uh, we'll hear from Peter Mosemane in a moment. In other football news, Baraka FC have completed the signing of Ugandan striker Jeffrey Massa on a two-year deal from Bloom Celtic, while Cape Town City have completed the signing of defender Tepo Gumede from Orlando Pirates. On the international transfer front, if media reports are to be believed, then Juventus have signed Gonzalo Higuain from Napoli for 75 million pounds, making him the most expensive Serie A player ever. Premier League champions Leicester City were held to a one-all draw by Sheffield Wednesday in their pre-season friendly earlier today as well. FIFA president uh, Gianni, uh, Gianni Infantino has told reporters in Nigeria that if he gets his way, Africa would get two more spots in the FIFA World Cup. An expanded World Cup of, uh, was one of his key points in his election manifesto. And Infantino says he will campaign for a 40-team tournament from 2026. He says uh, the president says more needs to be done to grow the game on the African continent. The future of football development in the world in general is not uh, something that uh, uh, can be answered for the whole world, but needs and necessitates a tailor-made approach. The needs in Nigeria are not the same as the needs in other African countries. Uh, so we need to specifically see what uh, we can do here. Speaking of the doping scandal that's hit the International Olympic Committee, Infantino says football is on top of things. I don't know, of course, the, the details of uh, why the IOC has come to, to this decision. This is something for, for the IOC as far as FIFA is concerned. We have, of course, our own anti-doping programs for our own competitions and uh, we are following a zero-tolerance policy in terms of anti-doping programs in football. 
Staying with Olympic news following the IOC's decision to leave uh, the, the decision to whether or not Russian athletes are allowed to take part in the Olympics up to the individual federations. The International Canoe Federation has banned five Russian sprint canoeists from competing, while the International Judo Federation has cleared the Russian Olympic team to compete. Earlier today, seven Russian swimmers and three rowers were banned from competing by their sports governing bodies. Sharks director of rugby Gary Golds announced the appointment of former Springbok assistant coach Ricardo Lobsha as Sharks skills coach on a three-year deal. And finally, mourners gathered in large numbers at the Kyle Army racetrack today to bid farewell to racing driver and philanthropist Gugu Zulu. Zulu passed away last Monday while part of the trek for Mandela expedition that was attempting to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. His funeral will take place at Rayma on Thursday. Coming up next here on SAFM, we'll look ahead to tomorrow night's CAF semi-final and uh, not semi-final, last group game for Mamelodi Sundowns where they hope to book themselves a spot in the semi-finals. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, as mentioned uh, in your PM Live news this afternoon, Mamelodi Sundowns are on the brink of qualifying for the CAF Champions League semi-finals. They take on Zamalek in the Group B encounter at the Lucas Moripe Stadium in Attridgeville tomorrow night. The Brazilians need just one point to secure qualification in the last four of Africa's most lucrative club competition. Coach Pizzo Mosemane is bidding to become the first South African coach to take two different teams to the Champions League semi-finals after doing it with Supersport United back in 2004. He's in the Zamalek match to the league game against University of Pretoria, which the Brazilians won to clinch the league title in May. For me, um, this game was, um, it, feels like, um, uh, it feels like a day before we play Tux in the, in the league, where we knew that if we win, we wrap it. Uh, it's the same, so um, the mentality was right. Hope, hope for an early goal. Any goal will make us play free and, and easy and unsettle the, the Egyptians because in my opinion I don't think they, they think how we can go to Sundowns and, and win easily you know like like maybe before the tournament started they, I think they felt that they can come and win here yeah? but now um, things have changed now eh? and uh, they know they're skating on thin ice it's not, it's, it's not going to be very easy for them comfortable for them to lose here yeah? because they've got one more game to play which is at home. Zamalek and Sundowns are favoured to progress to the semis in the group, which have been reduced to just three teams after ESCT from Algeria were disqualified after the crowd trouble in their abandoned match against the Brazilians. The Twane team is on top of the table. They've got six points, while the Egyptians are on three after two matches. In Yimba are on zero after just one match. Mosimane says Zamalek will come out guns blazing in an attempt to qualify for the semis. For them... A point will, will, will really, really eliminate the Nyimba, to be honest. Because I, I, I don't see a Nyimba beating them in, in Cairo. And I think the coach of a Nyimba might be disappointed with me. But I'm saying it because I, I've checked the game here and I've checked the game there. So I'm coming from that background, you know. And not, I know anything is possible in football. But uh, then in Nyimba must double their efforts. And I'm also watching them, following them on the... On, on the, on the league in Yumba, they're not free-flowing, to be honest. So, well, same as Amalek, they're not free-flowing. The last match, I think they drew, I don't know, two days back, three days back. And uh, they changed the team also because of injuries and suspensions. 
The coach says Sundowns will be missing several players for a number of reasons. Mokholori Ngele, Kath Malajila have gone to Bidvesvitz as part of the deal with Sibosiso Vilakazi. Wayne Aronsa and Tianda Mabunda are suspended while Surprise Muriri is still sorting out his contractual issues with the team. Versatile player Mzikizi Mshaba is doubtful starter for the match. Wayne is not there, Sugar is not there. So we have to find what we do and we must also understand that we lost, we're losing members of the Champions League positions. Yeah, we lost two now. Mala is gone, Tsoso is gone, we are running thin. Uh, Mahuta left with the position, Surprise is still dealing with his contractual issues. Also he's got a, a, a space there. Uh, Mashaba is out injured. You know what I'm trying to say. So we are running thin in terms of numbers and we hope Mashaba comes back. And uh, the game of Onyimba will have two more back, Wayne and uh, Abunda back, you know. And Kennedy will be back, so, so it's a give and take on this thing. The Brazilians will also try and win the match to finish top of the group. This will enable them to play the runners-up of the other group, which is most likely going to be Zesco United from Zambia. Wydad's Casablanca of Morocco, who knocked out reigning champions Tipe Mazembe, seem to be running away with Group A. Mosimanes is finishing on top will give them several advantages. It's not going to be easy for us. We, we need to play at our best level to see what can we do with, with teams like Zamalek. It's, it's, it's for future, it's not for now. What's, what can happen, the style of play, how, how, how do we deal with that kind of situation? But most important, we want to be number one. Because when you're number one, when you're in the semi-final, you play the first game away, and the second game is home. You know? And every time we have been home, in all the games, there have been two goals, which is it's a good story. The South African Premier Soccer League season, which runs from August to May, always poses a challenge when it comes to signing and releasing players for the grueling Champions League campaign. Most African leagues run from February to November, and Mosimane says it creates a dilemma regarding the movement of players. And you also say to yourself, for example, uh, could you have kept Alanga and Ma and uh, Soso a little bit until we finish the group stages because it's still in August? But there are deals that need to happen because they've been pending for long. Eh? So when is chance, let's do it. You know what I'm trying to say. So our, our off-season is in December. We have changed our program now. We, we play differently now. So our off-season is December. And thanks to Bafana, thanks to the Cup of Nations, then we can have a break. So I told them, they know, I said, go away. Otherwise, uh, you, you go Richard and Petris. So they've got two and a half to three weeks there. So let them go two weeks or three weeks to, to spend time with their families and forget about football. The trick will be, the tricky part will be, how do we get them back quickly to start the season in January? Because the Champions League season starts in February. The Brazilians secured the signature of one of the most sought-after players in South African football, Sibusiso Villacase, this past weekend. The Bufana Bufana midfielder was unveiled with another young prospect, Lucky Mochlomi, from Free State Stars yesterday. Mosemane says they're looking to recruit top SA talent to play in the Champions League. You know, to make him uh, the most important player in South Africa. Most important player in South Africa. I need to have South Africans in the team. I have Lafour, is Laverian, is naturalized. Onyango, I had everybody naturalized. Where are the Bafana players? So, this one has a big responsibility to the national team, and he has to do it here at the highest level. We need him in Bafana. Join us this Thursday on Top Billing as world famous Kelly Slater and an epic cast of surfing greats compete in J Bay. Catch our preview of Bride-to-be Pearl Modiadi's stunning gown in a dress fitting with David Saleh. 
And after rowing the Atlantic together, action adventurer Rian Mantha weds Vasti Heldenhays before setting off to row the Pacific. Don't miss top billing Thursday night at 8. Repeat Sunday at 12.30. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some cricket now, and all eyes will be on Midrand this evening for the annual Cricket South Africa Awards. The players and administrators dressing up uh, out of their usual whites and celebrating the best amongst them. And Bizup Highfelt Lions bowling and assistant coach Gordon Parsons hailed one of the nominees, uh, Proteas and Lions budding fast bowler Kahisa Rabada ahead of those awards. Rabada's been coached by Parsons since graduating from the under-19s to franchise cricket. He's up for multiple awards, including the elusive SA Cricketer of the Year. Parsons says he's extremely proud of the humble youngster. Yeah, phenomenal, isn't it, really? When you think about it, I mean, as we say, he just turned 21 a month ago and um, he's achieved what he's achieved, which is fantastic. Now at Kent and he's enjoying that. Another growth experience for him, playing counter cricket. Yeah, I think we can all be very proud of Kahiso. He's um, a good kid. He's kept his feet on the ground so far. I hope it carries on that way. And he's still like a sponge, trying to learn every day. His success is richly rewarded for hard work, because make no mistake, he is very talented, but it has been hard work for him. The 21-year-old is also set to contest for for the Castle Test Cricket of the Year, as well as the Castle ODI Cricket of the Year titles, the KFC So Good Award, and the Ram Slam Delivery of the Year. Parsons says he'd love to see him win all the categories he's nominated in. Yeah, it'll be fantastic if he wins it. I hope he wins everything and it's fully deserved. As I say, the downside will be now going forward, people will expect it all the time. And unfortunately, he will have good days and bad days. So we've just got to remember he is still only 21. Let's give him a bit of slack when he has the odd bad game. Gauteng strikers coach and Rabada's former coach at the Gauteng under-19, Sandile Masingemi, echoed Parsons' words on the talented Rabada. He's uh, worked closely with the youngster for a couple of seasons now before he burst onto the scene. And Masingemi says he's not surprised at all by Rabada's growth. Rabada, I think I started working with Rabada under 17, so I worked with him for three years when I was assistant coach at under 17, and I started working with Rabada, and obviously when he played under 19 twice, and I started working with him there. He's been a great talent, and one thing about Rabada that he has, he's, he's a leader. That's thing I realized from the young age that he's a leader. Seeing him grow from where he was to where he is right now, I'm not really shocked because I always see, realize that he's got a great talent. He's not the kind of guy you need to push him to work hard. It's something that he does, he does it naturally, to understand. And for me, just seeing him him working playing for South Africa. I'm very, very proud of him. Um, the way he's handling the, the media, the way he's handling all his success. He's lucky that he comes from a good background and I know him and his dad are very, very close. He's always a very humble human being. The long-serving English-born Lions coach Parsons says he believes that what could be the most difficult thing for Abida now is living up to the expectations of the general public. You prepared him well, <laughs> I think the hard work starts now, doesn't it? Yeah, obviously he's had a fantastic season. The biggest, maybe the hardest thing for him now to handle will be the fact of expectation. Because obviously with success, unfortunately, we as human beings don't let guys just sit back and now accept failures. We expect them to do it all the time. It's going to be very hard for him, particularly at 21, to keep it going, keep up the standard, and almost seem as if people feel he's, he can't fail. He's infallible, but he is. He's human. So that's going to be his hardest thing now, is the expectation of the public and the people every time he plays. SAFM Sports Wrap.
Well, staying with football now here on SAFM Sports Chat, the South African under-23 national team head coach Owen de Gaam is hoping to at least play two international training matches in Brasilia ahead of their opening game in the Olympics against host Brazil next week. The under-23s are the first team to arrive in Brazil after they left with Team South Africa last Saturday and started training yesterday. SABC Sport understands that they could be targeting the likes of Nigeria and South Korea for friendly matches in preparation for Group A fixtures against hosts... Uh, the hosts, Iraq and Denmark. Dagama says they could also be playing against local clubs. We're anticipating um, the international board uh, um, are, are trying to arrange two uh, local uh, clubs there and one international club, one full international club. So uh, we are waiting for that. But uh, w- uh, whichever way, we will be playing to, to, to at least two friendly matches or warm-up matches before we go into the tournament. I see the boys are in the Sasko kit. The spirit is already that mood of the Olympics. Yes, uh, these boys, uh, you know, when, when I read out the letter to the from the uh, president of Seskok um, that this is possibly one of the greatest honor for an athlete uh, to be bestowed is to become an Olympian. You're an Olympian, you join the past Olympians, and you join the future Olympians. So you become part of something very big, and this is the greatest honor uh, to represent your country. Uh, It's the biggest sporting event in the world. Yes, the World Cup is the biggest football uh, event, but the Olympics is the biggest sporting event in the world, and these boys are going to be on a stage where they're watched by billions of people. So um, the spirit is unbelievable. The boys really feel honored, and uh, they know what they have to do once we we, we get to Brazil. The issue of the captaincy has been another serious talking point around this team, especially with Bafana Bafana captain Itumalin Kune as one of the overage players. There's also been a permanent captain for this team in Keegan Dolly, who has been busy with his club Mamelodi Sundowns in the CAF Champions League. Dagama says Rivaldo Kutsia also needs to be considered. I think deep down we know, uh, we've already discussed it as a technical team, we know, but I think it's just right to, to, to speak to the, the, the guys involved, to make sure they're in camp. Keegan is not in camp. Kune is not in camp. Those are potential uh, captains. Uh, Rivaldo is in camp. So it just, it, and Kwanda is in camp. So uh, amongst the four of them, we have to sit them down and speak to them individually and understand, uh, um, uh, you know, any decision we make, we make, they must understand why we made that, uh, that decision. But they need to be in camp. I'd rather delay it a little bit, another week, but I, I want to make sure that uh, the players are in the camp and we speak to them in that regard. This past weekend, Dagama also stated reasons why they've allowed Kune and Eric Motoho to remain in South Africa and only join the team after playing in the Carling Black Label Cup on Saturday. This decision remains questionable amongst Orlando Pirates as they've released their players already to be in Brazil. But Dagama says it's better than not having them. Yeah, I think it was very difficult, very difficult. But I'd rather have them late than not have them. Uh, you know, you have to compromise. Uh, Keegan is playing in the Champions League. You've got to, you know, we did that when we went to Senegal. You remember when Pirates were in the finals and Menzi and Keith um, Mutupa joined us for the second game. Um, so you've got to think uh, for other clubs as well. There's got to be a compromise. The same with Chiefs. You, you've got to think, you know, um, and, and, and make sure that they're happy and, and that's where you get your luck. I think in, in compromising at uh, so certain times. No, I don't think so. Yes, we would have loved to have them there all the time. 
But I, I think, you know, under, under the circumstances, we, we are very pleased. And uh, we know that uh, they are training very well. Keegan is training very well at Sunowns. The two Chiefs boys are training very well. Steve is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, so he'll make sure that they are in top condition for that uh, uh, cup, for the Culling Cup. And, um, and Lebukong with Matibi just signed a new contract at Lille. And they were their preseason. So all these boys will come in here top, 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 top condition. What comforts Tagama is that four players who are arriving late, including Dolly and French-based striker Lebohang Motiba, understand what's expected of them. Yeah, I think everything is settled. We know exactly who's coming when. Keegan will join us on Thursday. Um, the Pirates, the Chiefs players will, will join us on the 31st. And Lebohang Motiba as well on Thursday. So, um, yes, we're happy that at least Keegan knows our style of play. He's been the captain here. He helped us through all the qualifiers. Uh, and we're happy to have Kuna and Matoi in the camp, you know. And they fitted in like a hand in glove. It was just unbelievable how they fitted in. Well, they play with Rivaldo, you know. And, and you know, and, and, and they understand understand, uh, you know, you know how to uh, uh, play together, so uh, that is good, uh, Lebo Hang Matiba was within, with us in Tunisia, he was with us uh, when we played Brazil so he's another one that can just come and slot in, but we, we're very, very happy with the, with the performances uh, we haven't lost a game, you know um, so uh, we beat Sundowns whether reserve you may say, 3-0 we drew with Fitz, a top team 1-1, and we drew again today with a hard-running youthful team, 1-1 so we need to now start focusing more on, on, on creating those goals and creating more goals, which we, all, we always score, no matter who we play, we always score, so uh, that is a, a good sign, but we need to tighten up the defence and make sure that we defend well. Speaking to the Brazilian media after their first training session in Brasilia yesterday, De Gama says they fully focused on the opening game now and fully understand what's at stake against the hosts, especially with Barcelona superstar Neymar in the team. I think we've always planned that the first match uh, is where we have to focus. We're not focusing on the second, we're focusing on the first. After that, we focus on the second one. But the expectations um, are, are scary because uh, we know Brazil is a very, very good team. Um, I mean, with Neymar there as well, they're going to be a fantastic team. But we believe, uh, as long as you believe, something can happen in football. And we believe strongly. We're working very, very hard. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Brazil. I mean, after the World Cup, after Copa America, and now this, we believe that um, the pressure is on Brazil. It's not on us. Yeah, look, I think um, it's important to play as a team and not as individuals. Um, we are going to collectively defend. We'll defend as a team. We'll get uh, players behind the ball, as many players as possible. But, um, you know, he's a very special player. So um, we, we, we cannot single him out and just let somebody mark him. I mean, he's, he's, he's very good. So I think the collective defensive strategy is, is going to help us. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader and some of Team South Africa have departed for the Rio Olympic Games already. As you heard, down to 23 footballers are there. Uh, the rest of the contingent will be following suits and one of the athletes who will be representing South Africa at his very first Olympic Games is uh, Alan Hathley and he joins us now. Alan, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Alan, you're going to be representing South Africa in the sport of mountain biking. What does it feel like? I know it's still uh, a week and a bit away before the games start, but what does it feel like to be an Olympian? Yes, obviously, I mean, it's, it's the pinnacle of all sporting events. So, I mean, to be able to have the opportunity to, to go and compete at the event is obviously, it, it hasn't really sunk in yet. 
And I mean, obviously, I think it's a dream for most athletes to to be able to represent. So, I mean, yeah, I couldn't be any more proud. Eh? It's it's really really awesome. Alan, you've, you, you're still very young. I mean, I, th- I, I think I read somewhere you're only 20. So theoretically, you could possibly have another two Olympics in you after this one as well. Do, do you, I mean, there's been lots of talk that, that you're possibly too young to be going. Do you feel that way or do you think the time is, is right and, and you're going to go there and give it, give it your all and, and you, you, deserve, you deserve your place in that team? Well, the, the way the selection process went, well, it's not based on age, obviously. It's purely on performance. Um, our cycling federation went on races from January this year all the way up to like the, the most recent Europe trip we just went to, which was World Champ. And um, they made the call on the best two athletes they feel are fit to go through to Rio. And it's, yeah, it's been a long year. It's been tough to manage, um, obviously, to try to stay consistent throughout. But, um, yeah, I'm super happy to have come out on top. And I think, yeah, like you said, I do have, I believe, a few more Olympics in me. Hopefully aiming at another three, which would be really awesome. I mean that's um, yeah. I mean that would be that would be absolutely incredible. And I think of of a youngster who who sadly is no longer with us, Barry Stunder. And and I mean age is nothing. Barry was a was was unbelievable from a very young age. I know I, I hate to bring it up, but I mean is 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 the possibility for you? Is is that what you're aiming for? I mean, uh, long term to to be as good, if not better, than than Barry was. Yes, yes, of course. I mean, I think it's everyone's dream, and I mean. Like you said, obviously got a lot more Olympics in me. So, I mean, using obviously all of them as progression, I mean, it would be, yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate goal for me in the long term to potentially top five at an Olympic event. So, I think the saying goes, it takes uh, many, many years to become an overnight success. You've really burst onto the scene. But where did where did all this mountain biking start for you? Where did your journey begin? It began at the age of six. My dad... Um, yeah, he was obviously big into cycling when he was about my age. Did did the national racing long ago in PE. Um, so yeah, he sort of brought the the cycling through and um, got me into it at six. Like I said, um, started off with BMX racing. Um, an accident, yeah, took me out of that, and I decided to pursue uh, mountain biking. And um, yeah, I ended up moving into downhill and cross country together. And did them all the way till I was 16. Obviously, came in national titles and all that. And then, you know, from my junior years through to now, I've been full on cross country focus. So yeah, it's been really incredible. Alan, is it tough being in a country like South Africa? And it's not just mountain biking; it's all sports in general. And you, you originally from Hillcrest in in KZN, uh, that's Comrades Marathon country, and and we all know how obsessed South Africans are with with ultras, not just from a running point of view, but but also mountain biking. We've got so many multi-day stage races. You think of the the Cape Epic, you think of the Joburg to see. It's it's difficult. Cross country cross country mountain biking is is tough to compete in, in in a country that is just so endurance mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it it works. I mean, we've got our national racing, and um, to obviously to extend ourselves, we we move over to Europe to do the World Cup racing, which is obviously yeah, the, the, the best in the world. The same that will be at Olympics now. So I mean, from that aspect, we do sort of get our racing in but 
Yeah, like you said, the the country is pretty big with the marathon races, but I mean it it, it works also sort of in my favour with the later part of the year. I'm able to transition and join in on that the whole harp on the, the stage races. Let's talk Rio Olympic Games. That's on the immediate horizon. What are you expecting? I'm hoping for a top 20 finish. I think it's it's pretty possible. So yeah, setting the goal is pretty high for myself. And obviously, first Olympics. So yeah. Going for it all in. How much do you know about the cross country course in Rio? I've sat and watched the YouTube video, obviously trying to analyze how the course looks. Um, but it, from what I've read as well, the average speed is 28 k's an hour for the lap, which for a cross country course, that's about 10 k's an hour over the normal. So the route's really fast with a lot of man made obstacles. So it's going to be yeah, fast, intense racing. Um, Coming from a bit of a, a downhill background as well, do you prefer the, the more technical stuff, or, or do you like the, the fastest? What is that? Is that in your wheelhouse? No, the technical stuff I think is more down my alley. It's obviously it's, it's where I began with the, the cycling. So getting exposed to that technical stuff, I think so young, definitely made it more comforting now when I when I hit these technical courses it's not really a challenge I find and it's like especially when you've gone super hard during the race and people start getting tired that's where my strength sort of comes through and I'm able to keep the speed throughout and actually close gaps up which obviously makes racing a lot easier for me thank you so much for joining us here on SAFM ah. this evening no thank you SAFM Sports Wrap and that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap tonight we're back again tomorrow at 6.30 thanks uh, a lot to my team in Joburg for keeping everything together tonight coming up on the other side at 7 o'clock it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten have yourself a great day cheers